How's it going, CNFers? Hope you're having a CNF and good week. It's your pal, at Brendan O'Mara on Twitter. That's what my tombstone will read. Here rests at Brendan O'Mara on Twitter. If he was granted 280 characters, his epitaph would be longer and detail his long, influential rise to... Wow, they just cut you off. It's the Creative Nonfiction Podcast, the show where I speak with the world's best artists about creating works of nonfiction, leaders in the world of narrative journalism, documentary film, essay, memoir, and radio, and try to deconstruct how these masters go about the work so you can improve your own. This week, I welcome back Hattie Fletcher. She is the managing editor for Creative Nonfiction Magazine. And also, she was back on the podcast in episode 46. Check that out, too. What prompted a second trip? Hattie, along with Lee Gutkind, and the team over at Creative Nonfiction, started a $27,000 Kickstarter campaign to support the second year of True Story, their monthly offshoot to the quarterly magazine. True Story is a 5 to 10,000 word standalone piece in chapbook or digital form. It's pretty rad. In this episode, we talk about what makes the greenlit pieces pop and what the rejected pieces have in common, and also some of the goodies you can expect with a pledge over on their campaign. So I hope after listening to this, you'll head over to the Kickstarter campaign and pledge some hard-earned dough so they can keep doing the work they're doing on True Story. Full disclosure, I don't get any kickbacks of any kind. What a guy. Though, it would be nice if you shared the episode and even left a nice review over on iTunes to help validate the podcast so I can keep doing this thing. I'd hate for the business office, what with their tasseled loafers and such, to come down here and slam the door shut on this enterprise, keep the reviews coming, so I can keep the doors open at CNFHQ. Links and show notes are available at brendanomera.com. Without further ado, here is Hattie Fletcher. About the the origin of of True Story and why you guys decided to make that an offshoot of the main quarterly magazine. Sure. Um, there are a couple of different reasons we started doing True Story. It was something we had kind of talked about for a few years. I think one thing we wanted to do was to have a place to sort of um, give writers... Uh, room to stretch out and do some of those longer form pieces um, to kind of explore, you know, longer, meatier narratives. Um, That was definitely one thing. Another thing was that as Creative Nonfiction Magazine moved to more of a theme issue sort of thing, um, we had this problem in the submission stream, which is that um, people would send great work Um, and we'd have sort of, I had this pile of essays always that was like really great essays, but it wasn't kind of clear where they would belong or how they would fit together. You know, it's really hard to sort of, I know some magazines do it, um, just sort of read things and accept and then kind of fit them together. But, um, it's really hard to do that, you know, to accept something, even if it's really brilliant and then try to figure out how to, how to make it part of a mix that'll make sense as an issue of a magazine. And so, we had this thought that, you know, if we had a magazine that was just one essay, you wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to kind of lean on each other as much in that way. And we'd be able to read and read something and, and say, that's really amazing and just sort of take it and publish it. Um, which has been really fun. That part's been great. Um, and I think the other thing is just, 
you know, it's, it's nice that it's, uh, one of the things we hear from creative nonfiction readers about the magazine, um, is that they're sometimes a little bit overwhelmed by the general size and heft of it. You know, there's a lot going on in it. It's sort of most issues are this, it's like an 80 page thing. The bulk of it's text, you know, it's, it's for readers. Um, and so true story is a little bit, um, a little bit more casual in the sense that it's smaller. It's a little more portable. It's, um, kind of like a, we talk about it as sort of like a snack in between the main meal, you know, that comes out quarterly. So, and fortunately the National Endowment for the Arts liked all these arguments and gave us a little bit of money to start it. So, um, so that all worked out really nicely. What was the expectation of it when you first took it up about a year ago? Uh, in what sense? Uh, just like what it was, what were you hoping to get out of the the true story monthly format like when you launched it a year ago and like maybe how did those expectations sort of play out over the over the year did it exceed your expectations or right at right on par with what you guys expected of it yeah i think more or less it was sort of what we expected we kind of hoped it would appeal a little more to younger readers and i think that's been the case um about the last time I looked, about half the subscribers were also creative nonfiction subscribers, but that means half the, half the subscribers aren't creative nonfiction subscribers. So that's terrific. You know, if it, if it turns out to be sort of a, to appeal to a slightly different audience who might eventually be interested in, in the other magazine and vice versa. Um, so that's been good. Uh, we have right now, it's been, we actually were working on issue 13. So we have a full year of issues. And I think one of the nice things is that um, there, there's been a lot of variety in kind of the response to the individual stories. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit higher stakes in the sense that each issue is just one story. And so that story has to be really great. But of course, people still have, you know, their subjective tastes in reading. And so I think what we've, one of the things we've worked on really hard is trying to get a mix of things so that even if one story that we publish isn't necessarily um, to someone's taste, another one will be. And, and anecdotally, when we've heard from readers, I think that's really been the case, you know, sort of people have their definite favorites, but, but every story we've published has been someone's favorite. And so I think that's kind of a sign that, that that's gone really well. And what has been the submission volume for, for true story? Um, it's been a little bit, uh, slower than we would have thought, but I think that's because, you know, they're such long stories. So we're really looking at pieces that are between five and 10,000 words. Um, and there isn't, one of the things we wanted to do was provide a market for those stories. But I think in part, because there isn't such a market for those stories, they're a little bit harder to come by. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for like 2000 word stories, a lot of people have those, but sort of these longer pieces are, are take, are a little bit harder. Yeah. I think they're, they're a bit harder to approach as, as a writer as well, because to, to write and research and make and report on something that long, you know, a lot of people, it's a lot of work to do for something that's uncertain. So, mm -hmm. so I think maybe like, yes, the 2000 words, like, oh yeah, I could probably, you know, you could do a certain amount of reporting in a day and sort of maybe get a piece of that nature out in a week. But I mean, mm -hmm. if you're talking five, 10,000, I mean, that's kind of getting into like 
a significant fraction of like a possible book or something like you you really have to know what you're doing to carry someone through that so that's a that's a lot of work so that's probably has a lot to do with it too yeah i think that's true the the kinds of stories that we've taken they've they tend to be the kinds of stories that people have the writers have a kind of investment in in some way um and so a couple of them have actually been related to book projects um, so like true story number two was, um, part of Stephen Church's larger book about tigers, um, and encounters with, you know, wild creatures and similarly issue number five, which was Edward McPherson's story was related to, you know, was kind of excerpted from his collection of essays about traveling around America and, and, you know, going to these sites of kind of the past of the future, future of the past. I forget which it is, <laughs> um, but the, but they are, I think, the kinds of stories that um, y- you know ha- have that sort of level of investment from the writers. Um, there's something that kind of clings to their imagination, and really has made them like grip onto it. Uh, even the very first story that was the case, you know, Fruitland, which was um, Stephen Kurtz's story about the Emerson brothers. Um, and he had written about them for the New York Times, which, of course, had much less space. And it was just the story had kind of captured his imagination and he found himself fascinated with it. And then he had this like 10,000 word piece and was a little like, well, what do I do with this now? Um, you know, so so those kinds of stories, when we find those, that's been a great fit for True Story. And we're really happy to kind of be a home for those stories. So what's the process through which that you vet these long pieces? Like how How is it that you... Um one advances to the next round of judging versus something else? Um, It's pretty much the same as our other reading process. We have sort of screeners who are going through the stories um, to the extent that they're a little bit easier to tell. Um, I'll sometimes dip in and just sort of go through them. Uh, It's a little bit easier to tell than it is sometimes for creative nonfiction, whether a piece will work or not. And I think it's because Sometimes in the magazine, uh, the larger magazine, sorry, that gets confusing, uh, in creative nonfiction magazine, uh, you know, the pieces can kind of prop each other up or you get a mix of pieces. And so there can be a piece that's really kind of more lyrical or something that's kind of more reported. And collectively, you know, there are a bunch of different flavors and, and styles um, for true story they've all been sort of their own individual styles, but they each have to have a certain balance, you know, that makes you feel like um, you can read for 5,000 or 10,000 words that story. And it's a little bit easier to tell on those submissions, whether there's kind of that balance and whether it's going to work. So, so in that sense, it's a little bit easier uh, though. The reading is a little bit harder because they're longer too. So, Hmm. (laughs) you know, yeah, and you're kind of alluding to it there with that sort of that balance between various elements. So I wonder what are what do all the the previous twelve issues and the thirteenth that'll be coming out soon like what the what do they all have in common? What can readers expect when they get one of those in the mail? Hmm, that's a great question. I mean, I think they're all sort of great examples of creative nonfiction as a genre, in the sense of having that balance of sort of a narrative with um, a compelling voice with, um, with, uh, you know, kind of an informative nonfiction element, 
aside from that, stylistically, I think they've all been really different. We've had some, you know, even in uh, one of the interesting things about it and one of the things that makes it a nice project too is that the layout is sort of simple and it's something that we can teach our interns to do. And so it's a good, um, it's a good exercise that way. But what it means is the layout and the typesetting happens in our office, which isn't the case with creative nonfiction magazine. So we've had to, over the first year, make some decisions and kind of figure out, you know, the quirks and the template and everything. And one of the things that's been interesting, uh, and I promise I'm answering your question, <laughs> is, uh, you know, so we've had stories where there hasn't been a single section break and it's just been sort of like a long block of text. And then we've had a couple of pieces that were much more fragmented and kind of jumped around um, or had were made up of sections of, you know, like four or five lines at a time. And um, so visually, we've had to kind of figure out those challenges, but it's been a good reminder of how different all the stories have been because they've all had slightly different design requirements. Um, so really, the I think even in our call for submissions, what we say is, you know, there's really, they just have to be kind of true stories, but we, we don't try to be too specific besides that because we want to be open to, to however people kind of, you know, interpret that. Right. And so now you've started this, this Kickstarter campaign. So why, why did you, why did you guys, what were those early meetings like when you're like, all right, let's, we've had a good year. Well, why don't we take this to Kickstarter and, uh, and you know, $27,000 goal. Um, what were those dialogues like? Why do you want to go with Kickstarter and just, uh, you know, how, how's that going so far? Yeah. Um, well, it's going well so far. We've been up and running for, I don't know, 36 hours or something like that. And we're a quarter of our way to, to our goal, which is great. Um, I think we decided to go with Kickstarter, uh, partly because it is, um, you know, it's an easy format to work with. Uh, we picked $27,000 because that's more or less the cost of making a year of the magazine. Um, but our real goal is to double the number of subscribers we have because what we what we'd really like is for true story to become self-sustaining and pay for itself and really short of i mean we have kind of two ways to do that one would be to raise prices um, which we don't want to do partly because uh, i think some of the appeal of the magazine is that you know it's it's cheap a single issue is three dollars it's you know it's sort of a low buy-in um so we could raise the prices or if we get more subscribers, roughly double the subscribers we have now, the cost per issue of producing it will um, fit better with the subscription price point. So really what we're doing is um, sort of using Kickstarter as a way to do a big subscription campaign. And it's a little early to tell, but it seems like the mix of supporters are some people that we know. Um, and some people who are subscribers, it's a good time. You know, there's sort of like a reduced renewal point. Um, so that's nice. But we've also, we're picking up new people. And I think really that's what we want is to reach new readers who aren't familiar with the magazine. And so putting it on the Kickstarter platform was also a way to do that. And what do you see as the long-term vision of True Story? Um, I mean, I think we'd like to keep it going. You know, there's kind of, if, if we can make it pay for itself, there's sort of no reason that it couldn't just be a monthly magazine that, that goes indefinitely. How can writers uh, submit 
too true story if that's something that you know, they've got that long piece that doesn't seem to fit anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we take uh, online or print submissions. Um, the bulk of submissions come in online. We are, you can find us either through Creative Nonfiction's website, which is where True Story lives, so creativenonfiction.org. Um, at our submissions page, you can also probably just search submittable directly for it. Um, there's a $3 reading fee, but we don't charge reading fees to current subscribers. So that's kind of a good deal. And it's a way to do that thing, you know, where you check out the magazine you're submitting to, um, and everything. And yeah, uh, we're reading all the time. We're really, uh, the way I say it, we're, we're actively reading. So right now our turnaround time as far as, uh, between acceptance and publication is, is sometimes really super quick. Um, you know, so I've sent a couple acceptances, which is really rare creative nonfiction. For example, the schedule is so long, um, you know, that we send an acceptance and we're sort of like, well, you know, six months from now, um, <laughs> it'll be published. But true story sometimes is really like, congratulations, this is great. We can publish it in six weeks. Um, so it's a little bit faster, uh, that way. Wow. And what, with the, the stories that you're getting for, for the submissions you are getting for true stories, the ones that tend to get turned away, what do those have in common versus the ones that tend to get to your desk and Lee's desk? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. You know, every story is different. I think some of them are just, um, one of the things that is pretty important with these true story things is a certain narrative element. And so, some pieces just don't have that or don't have a strong enough kind of plot narrative element to keep a reader going through it. Um, and I will say just because in the last batch of things I sent to Lee, um, a lot of them are really, a lot of the submissions are really, um, and this is kind of a thing with creative nonfiction generally, they're on the depressing side, uh, <laughs> which is fine. You know, life is hard. <laughs> There, you know, there's sort of, that's that's a whole thing, but um, but I think we're looking for, you know, we don't want like a, a monthly storm cloud in your mailbox. It's not like kind of what we're going for. Yeah. So I had, had one story lately that I kind of had a laugh was was good and it was really well written, um, but it was a real downer. And and Lee's response he wrote back, he's like, well, this is this is well written. But honestly, I can't imagine why anyone would subject themselves to like reading the whole way through it. Um, so, you know, something that's long and serious, but I don't know, maybe a little funny also or happy. That would be great. We're really looking for those. Would it kill you for a smile? Come on, people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. I get it. It's hard. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, it's hard. Humor is really hard. A, a long humor story that would be that would be a challenge someone out there should take up that challenge though right um, yeah but i think you can sort of one of the you can kind of mix tragedy with a certain kind of levity or lightness or um you know craft that that makes it a little bit more reader friendly yeah and and what are some of the the goodies for people who pledge on kickstarter there's a whole bunch like what are what are some of the ones that uh that what, what can people expect we have a whole bunch of great things so you know at the lower levels it's things like subscriptions we have some dual subscriptions to both magazines we have a lifetime subscription option to both magazines which is pretty sweet 
we also have some true story gear. We have a t-shirt that we've had for a while and we have a special t-shirt that Seth Ladon um, designed for true story. Uh, we also have some original artworks from some of the illustrators for creative nonfiction. So we have some really uh, tugboat print shop, which illustrated our marriage issue um, has some really great woodblock prints, which are one of them was on the cover of creative nonfiction 59. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's, it's really cool. Um, and we have some of Mark Nystrom's wind drawings, which were featured in our weather issue, um, which he makes with, he puts out instruments to kind of gauge the wind and then he turns those into artworks. Those are great. I might need one of those for one of my walls at home, actually. Mm -hmm. um, we also have um, some signed books and book bundles and things like that. And there's a level that, there are a couple levels that also include a manuscript review by me. So, that's a great perk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Well, th this is great. Um, I'm going to get this up as soon as possible and see if it'll do uh, a little bit of the heavy lifting you've got before you. So but thanks, Hattie, for, for doing this. And I, I think even even once you've fulfilled your goal, they, you've touched upon a lot of cool things that are fairly evergreen to true story that I think people get a lot of stuff out of. Um, yeah, I hope so it's a lot of fun to make. So I hope we can keep doing it. Really, is it's you know such, what we are. It's such a cool little like chat book type thing, and it's got the one neat little cover image. Like it's just a it's just a neat thing from cover to cover. So I'm I I uh, I I can't wait for it to just to keep going. And um and I I wish you the best of luck doubling and tripling and quadrupling your subscriber base. Yeah, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And thanks for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome, of course. Anytime, Hattie. All right. Thanks to Hattie for making the time. Say hi on Twitter, at Brendan O'Mara, and give the podcast a review. They mean a lot. I also have a pretty slick monthly newsletter over at BrendanOmara.com, my reading list for the month, as well as what you might have missed from the world of the podcast but you haven't missed anything from the podcast, have you? Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for a beer. Till next week. <laughs>